Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast present Highlung.
starke Wilkne, der im Enigne Onfengede. Siegel. Simanum simple bis on hite. Son hihin feriath or verfiskes beth. Seven second of his sidan est of a veg gewat when eftaran thus herdingas dona helenemdun. Ethel bith offerly of egg will come in. Give him what there is and gerisena on. Stith on stathule, stide rite hylt, 
Dea him fjortan on fyra småninge. Ur byth ethelinga ant eorla geves. Vyn ant vyrth mynt byth on vikke feger. Festlig on ferelde fyrt geativa som. Eor byth eafix ant thea abruketh. Fodres on foldan hafath, fegerne eart, ve trebe vorpen, ver hevinum leofath. Eaar! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around the table. We had some lovely garden-grown homemade carrot soup, and we're all souped up and ready to go to talk about our experiences as modern pagans. My name is Margo. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. I was really good souped up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> good fun. Uh, so today's episode is about, you say it, because this was your idea. Oh, I got it off a list of suggested ideas from elsewhere. So thank you to whatever listener. But is paganism instinctual or learned? Are you born with it? Do you learn it? Are you born with it? Is it Maybelline? Get out of my head. <laughs> She's born with it. It's Maybelline. <laughs> you were thinking I, Maybelline? I was thinking Lady Gaga saw. No. <laughs> I'm born that way. Yeah. Can, can both be true? Yes. I think oh, I yeah. think it's a combination of nature and nurture. Yeah. For me, I mean, I didn't know as a child I was pagan, but I certainly knew the Catholic situation did not speak to me or give me any comfort or support or growth. I knew there had to be something out there for me, or at least I hoped I did. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't still be here. But it wasn't till I was introduced to the concept of paganism, which I came into fairly late in my life. Well, you know, like 30. <laughs> 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 that I didn't even know that that was an option. I can remember in Winnipeg, many a winter, being absolutely distraught that there was no magic left in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. And I do actually have a painting that my 
then boyfriend did for me because he really hoped that that would help me see that there was still magic in the world. But I was just devastated. And it wasn't until I came to paganism that I realized that it was was a thing and it was worth exploring. And look at me now. Well, <laughs> you know, when you said that, no magic left in the world made me think of that little movie, Rise of the Guardians. With Jack Frost and Santa Claus Mm -hmm. and the Easter Bunny. And it's interesting you say that when you thought there was no magic in the world because you probably weren't looking at little things that are incredibly magical. Exactly. Because it would have never been occurred to you to pay attention to the frost on the window. Yes. You know, that made me think of the Jack Frost Mm -hmm. kind of because you said Winnipeg, Mm. Winterpeg. (laughs) 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 That made me think really cold and whatnot. I... I think it can go both ways. I think a lot of times people, I had no idea. I knew I was, I had a spirituality within me and I knew I loved nature and and whatnot, but I didn't know what a pagan was either till I was, you know, 21-ish or something like that. But I also think that you have a whole, you have two probably generations of children to being raised pagan. And I do think that even if, People might not have known they were pagan. They came to it later and learned it. When you're raised from it, I think that raising a child and a person in paganism is so much more, it's so much more natural. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because we have that whole connection, animism, science has proven it, you know, what are cells made of, what are atoms made of, everything is all made of energy and we're all that thing. So I think that's easier. I think it's easier to teach someone because once you start teaching them what to look for, it comes very natural. You know, what we're like for kids? In my head, somehow, paganism equals compassion. So I would think I've never raised a child of my own. I don't know. But would a child be raised in paganism be maybe raised with more compassion than a child raised I don't, in the muggle world? Well, I'd like th- to think so, but as a grove with a lot of children... I don't know if that's necessary. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. human nature is human nature. But yeah. I suppose if you were raised with zero religion. Right. Now, now I'm not saying that the boys to are in the grove are bad, but there are three six-year-old boys who are pretty much just hell on wheels. Because they have been empowered their whole life. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think most six-year-olds can be hell on wheels, yeah. too. They're, so, they're, they're pretty it crazy. It was funny. I, it, not funny, but interesting. The other day, we were up in the business park, and we were driving past the Walmart, and there was a family outside that, that were, were looking for money because they were homeless at this point. So we didn't have any cash on us, but we stopped in, and this is not a pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm proud of the second part of the story. Uh, we stopped at we were stopping at the superstore and we ended up getting them like a twenty five dollar gift card. So we drove back and gave it to them, and then Atticus in the back and said, "Okay, so we've done something good now. What did we get?" And I used I used Ooh. Minecraft experience <laughs> as an explanation for karma that now that we've done a good thing, he now becomes a better person, and that's what he gets. He becomes a better person. And I felt. Did like he, he get that? He does because I use I explained to him like when you in kill language the monster, he understands. Yeah, in Minecraft you get the little experience bubble and ding you you level up. So I said you've leveled up a little bit. That's a good done, one for people to remember. A good thing. That's the part I'm proud of. That's the explanation. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah like I, I would say that the children in our grove are a bit more compassionate. They're a bit more aware of nature 
they are, and I'm not saying other people's children are terrible, like my kid can be terrible on the right given day, but like all the kids in the Grove, they often pick up garbage and are aware of nature around them and are aware of the trees and the plants and they all garden and these are just things they're aware of. Atticus is still afraid of bugs, but he's not going to squish a bug. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's interesting, but that's, if you're brought up into a world where it's important to the adults around you, then it becomes important to you. So right. that kind of makes sense. The whole nature nurture thing. I was thinking of a podcast that's kind of pagan adjacent rune soup. He, the Gordon White asks his guests, his, uh, were you a weird kid? And it seems like <laughs> everybody, it's an awesome starter, right? Question. Mm-hmm. And it seems like people that choose an alternative spiritual path, like men, many of the pagan paths, um, had experiences as a child in the sense that their grandfather who had passed away would visit them mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. there was a haunted house or they would I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Or they would astral travel when they were sleeping or, you know, all of those sorts of things. And I think children have these experiences that, quotation marks, as we mature sort of thing, you know, that process of growing up, you leave those childish things behind. But those childish things are maybe a clearer view of the world than other. So I think that's true. But the learned part is you can instinctually create relationships in your environment. But if you think, well, I really like scotch. So this minnow in the pond beside me, I'm going to, he'll like it too. You know, like you need to learn as well. You, you may have that instinctual or intuitive. I don't like scotch at all. (laughs) (laughs) Intuitive um, impulse, but there should be some follow-up. You need to learn how to channel that. Absolutely. If you're going to go out and say, I'm going to try entheogens and I'm going to collect my own, I want a mushroom guide before I do that. You know, I'm not going out. and So learning is an important part. And a lot of it, I mean, most children see things or think, oh, I used to things in my bedroom at night were crazy. I think we talked about this on yeah, an episode sure not too long ago, but you lose it mm-hmm. if it's not nurtured. 
So I completely lost it because I was not raised in a home. Like, oh, honey, that's just your imagination, which made Mm -hmm. me more frightened. But then you have to work to get it back and then you need to learn. Yeah. You have to work and you need to learn from somebody or through books or whatever the case might be. You have to learn to get it back. I was really lucky because I grew up in the big city of Charlottetown, PEI, with the whole two stop signs. (laughs) <laughs> and, but I spend my summers in in the country in Oyster Bay, yeah. Bay uh, Oyster Bay Bridge. We learned so many things that, looking back on it, were like very pagan. Cows lay down in the field. You you know the bad weather's coming. Uh, I you wouldn't believe how many people don't believe me when I've said that. You know that I'm that, on the highway or driving somewhere. I'm like, oh look, the cows are lying down. It's going to rain. Yeah. And I've been called bullshit on that so many times. And how many times have you been proven exactly, right? exactly, exactly. There, there is there, there is a a local news person. I forget her name. Cindy Day. Cindy Day. She did a little book called Grandma Says. She's a weather person. That's it. She's a yeah. weather lady, and she did a book on Grandma Says and the weather, which is. And I looked. I got it from my mother because she was very excited about that idea. And I rem- all these little yeah. things they're saying. Oh, if the the sparks go up the you know stovepipe this way, this is gonna happen, and yeah. this and this and but the leaves and yeah, it was very interesting. There was a lot of things like uh, my grandfather taught us never to step in circles of mushrooms. Mm. That he's that was a big deal. Had to respect a tree that was in the field that often stood alone. Because it was often the strongest. Train. I think Maeve and your grandfather would get along. He has a lot of respect for the faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, also, if there is a tree supposedly in the middle of a all field on all own. alone, yeah. it's also thought to be a fairy mound. Yes, yeah. It is. Yeah, that's why he's yeah. yeah. staying. So, uh, in the back field of our farm was a giant, giant maple tree all by itself, and every cow would crawl under it when it was too hot. They'd crawl under it when it was raining and my grandfather said, whatever you do, that's the most respected tree on the property and take care of it. Now, also at the same time, <laughs> this man would be the type who would say, touch that electric fence and let me know if it's So, How many times did you touch the fence? More than I'm willing to admit. Did you ever play the chain game on uh, the fence? I think me and my uncle did a few times. I have an uncle who is only like a year older than me, mm-hmm. and we did a lot of really dumb dumb things. When I lived in Belgium, the little housing community, and it was an international housing community off base, but there was a big, huge farm behind it with an electric fence. And whenever a new kid moved in the neighborhood, we would all join hands and stick the new kid at the end. And (laughs) so the first one would touch the fence and that poor little kid on the end (laughs) felt it. The other other terrible story is there used to be a bull on the side field and the side field had a look like it wasn't the big maple tree. It was a, it was another tree, but it wasn't that big. And my grandfather would say, "Do not go in that field. Do not go in that field." And me and my uncle were dummies and went in that field, and we got chased up the tree by the bull. And my grandfather made us sit up there for five hours <laughs> oh, sit in the tree. He was a pain. Yeah, and then and so eventually, Grandma made him come out and get us. And he just walked into the field, and the bull didn't go near him. He had already established yeah, dominance. Yeah, he, had, he had led us back to the farmhouse, but the bull didn't go near him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, the bull was under that tree the whole time for yeah. five hours. So like, oh, what are we going to do? Okay, that's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, like, also at the same time, like I had a great grandmother. She had a chicken and a monkey 
And uh, I think raccoon. And these animals didn't live outside. They lived in her house. So you were a weird kid, bro. Yeah, I, well, I had a weird family. But, like, religion was never a part of my family. No one ever went to church. And now growing up, I'm like, oh, they were a bunch of weird things. Yeah, they, I think they may have been. Knew, I don't think they knew what it was. It was just farmland yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That is very true because I'm from the valley, which is yeah. a farming area. And people do all these. you got to plant this. you got to do this. Yeah. If there's a cow and, you know, whatever. And it's all you know, folk magic. Yeah. It's well, all folk magic. And my my British grandmother was very, you know, folk, folk magic-y. Not so much folk magic-y, folk superstitious-y. Yeah. And knew all the little things. And like, and her husband, my grandfather, was a, as big a pagan as ever walked. But you would have never known that. Not years. identified. No, he, he, he had no idea. He was totally into every animal and every tree. And yeah. Yeah. That kind yes. Of my mom had a big struggle with me coming out as pagan and, and trying to understand. And one of her ways of easing herself into that process, I think, is I would get the farmer's almanac in my Christmas stocking every year. Because oh. oh, she yeah. really felt that that was mm-hmm. pagan. A good you know? crossover. A, yes, yeah. And, and it's yeah. a good way of timing ritual yeah. and everything else. Yeah, very useful. Yeah, very useful. That is very good because it has the moons mm-hmm. and the this. Because that's very big. Even, you know, you, you go to even, you know, you go to Newfoundland. Oh, you can't plant a tree unless it's this time of the moon. Yeah. Someone was saying that to me. What? And, and no, you, I've never heard that. That's because a lot of places on the western coast of Newfoundland have very few. It's it's trees, rock, and bog. Yeah, so yeah. In, some, in some places, especially poor Port of Basque, that has just taken a terrible beating from the storm, there's not a tree bigger than a shrub. So people try to plant a tree, but it's got to be at the right time of the moon. And someone said, don't you do that in Nova Scotia? I said, where I'm from, you got to cut down a tree to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trees are weeds. Yeah. <laughs> I think it can be a combo. Yeah. I, think, I truly though, and I remember when I first kind of came out and met other people and all that, and it all just made so much sense to me. I remember being, you know, in my earlier 20s that when other people didn't get it or didn't feel it, I thought that was just the strangest thing in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was truly the strangest thing in the world because it just seems so natural to me. So, natural. so I guess part of it must be innate. I was just thinking, I had this story. So as we mentioned in the past, I was a property manager for about a decade, several years ago. And I was in an apartment with one of the cleaners and they were getting it ready to turn over. And so she was vacuuming the carpets and everything and she had brought her toddler to work with her often and he'd be playing in the corner so I went in and we were talking about what she discovered and what needed to be done in the apartment and the vacuum cleaner had been unplugged and we just sat down on the carpet and kind of roughed out a plan for the place and her two and a half year old kind of was toddling around the whole time he picked up the cord from the vacuum and he made a circle on the ground, a rough circle around us and, and put himself inside. And he said, now we're safe. <laughs> That's, that is innate, right? Yeah. That's innate. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. you know, it, there is something there mm-hmm. that he felt safe in the circle. Now, you know, hopefully if this is his path and he continues down, he's not going to make them out of vacuum cleaner cords and he's <laughs> going to learn a a few good meditation <laughs> techniques and, and, and uh, visualization and raising energy. 
but the impulse was, was innate. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I used to because I wanted to stay home after my child was born, and I took care of children for several years. I've never met a non-magical child. That's I agree. Never, and I've had them from you know babe in arms up to you know preteen come to my house, and I have never met a non-magical child. Yeah, truly mm-hmm. never. Now, many of them may maybe they their parents don't take them to any kind of church. They have no spirituality. Every one of them has it. That's why I'll often say, you know, if you have an altar set up, if you have like a wand or something, I I would never let my daughter play with my wand <laughs> because kids just have so much magical energy. It's like, no, no, I kept all those. I kept things like that. Exactly. Completely you don't, out of. It's so we not totally because opposite. you don't believe Atticus it. Has four wands down there. Well, she could have her own wand, yeah. but my wand was Which, made of copper and uh, filled with and quartz crystals and, and, and had a, has a lot of zippity doodah to it. She wants to make her own little one. You don't want one. them to play with ma- magic, not because you don't believe it's real, but because you, you do, do believe it's real. Yeah. And, and we had, like, they want to go out in the backyard and find a nice, you know, stick and, oh, let's put ribbons on this. It's going to be our magic wand. Fine, that's fine. But they weren't playing with that. Yeah. Or yeah. my or whatnot. But uh, no, children, I've never met a non-magical child. It's just once they get past 10, 11, then everything, society kind of moves in, their parents move in. I would say there's probably Samhain and Yule pagans, just as there's Christmas and Easter Christians. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's not a level of you have to in your practice. But I think, do you think there's a level of learning or exploration that's necessary. Like I, cause it's do. so, it, there, it's such an aesthetic now and people will call themselves that and al- align with an aesthetic. And that's great. That's fine. But if you say this is my religion, how much do you have to show up or put into it? Well, at, like anything else, what uh, you put in is what you get that's out. That's right. I think it's how much do you want to get out of it? Yeah. I mean, there, there's the plenty- whole process of life is learning and growing. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to learn and grow within mm-hmm. your spiritual path as mm-hmm. well? It's funny. My brother was saying as we were preparing to go to the gravesite this weekend, he was saying how nervous he was and he doesn't get nervous about stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I'm really uptight about this. I'm kind of tense and nervous. And I explained to him, I said, in my spiritual practice, If I don't get uptight and nervous before a ritual or spell work or even a public gathering, then it's not worth me doing. Yeah. If I get to the point where everything is just so completely blasé, I'm done with it. It doesn't mean anything to me anymore. And I think sort of the learning aspect of that goes along with that. Mm -hmm, If, mm -hmm. If you're not... And I'm not saying, you know, you need to study a chapter a night or need to be constantly journaling or anything, but I've always been a person for reference books. I mean, even before the internet, if somebody asked me a question, I went and looked it up in an encyclopedia or in an atlas. Like I always had to go find out. So again, in my spiritual path, if somebody talks about an experience they've had or something they're curious about, that just ignites the fire in me to also want to go, okay, what, what does that mean? Where did that come from? And what can I learn from that? Mm -hmm. I was raised in a, I mean, I 
went to Sunday school and church as a child and whatnot. And I think that might be one of the things I have almost never met a pagan. I don't know if I ever have who isn't interested in learning more mm-hmm. about the things that we are involved in. It's like, oh, you know what? I, I now would like to, after, you know, 30 years, it's like, I'd like to learn a little more about shamanism, or I'd like to learn a little more about, I don't know, a different pantheon, or I'd like to learn about Reiki, or I'd like, I don't think I've ever met someone in the pagan community who didn't. The, the interfaith chaplains at the prisons all say to me, Gwen, your guys are the ones that want to they, they're always looking for more books, more material, more, more, material. more thing to read. And part of that is, is we're fish out of water in the sense that we don't even have a baseline until we've learned it, in a sense, you know? And, and this is not to diss anybody, no. anybody else, what I'm about to say. What you're comfortable with is what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And I know plenty of, you know, relatives or this or plenty of people who've been going to church every day of their, you know, every Sunday of their life for 75 years. It does give them comfort, but they've never done a Bible study. They've never explored anything further. They've never done further reading. And that's okay. If that's their thing. I have a, a friend of mine way back when, when I was, I was into paganism for several years and she said to me, we were talking about, she says, you know, she says, I really do think your religion is really cool. And I believe a lot of it, but it's way too much work. <laughs> she says to me, she says to me, religion is going to church on Sunday and then not worrying about it the rest of the time. And I believe maybe what I believe, but that's it. That. And, but she was comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. But I've known so many people who I've known, most people I know have never read, you know, Christian people have never read the Bible. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. Never read the Bible, never explored, never looked, why is this? How is this? You know, or even... This is not a judgment. There's lots of Not a judgment. A lot of pagans, too. Lots of pagans. Yeah, there there is. But I find... (laughs) But the thing is, I find most pagans are are always interested in something new. Well, here here we are talking about learning, and we have a druid, and he hasn't contributed. And I think druids are like the pinnacle of learning. Like, who bought more books at the bookstore, Margot, than druids? Yeah. Well, and it was a really, it was really hard at first to convince him to have a druid section. Oh, and, and I eventually, worked, yeah. Eventually, it came in, and it was like, oh, there's shamanism. Well, I think part of it is because nobody was writing books. No, there wasn't. Now it, there's a ton of yes, books. Yes, yeah. it and took a long much. time for authors to start. Yeah. They're to understand yes. that people wanted to read that, yes. but yeah, I, so yeah. I, I've completed my ADF Dedican program. Uh, which involves a lot of books. <laughs> and I'm wor- currently working on my ADF clergy program, which involves a lot of books. Part of the issue is a lot of those books are getting very expensive. They're out of print. So, well, they're out of print and they're hard mm. to find. So I, I, I have a book downstairs. I think it's like $300 on Amazon right now. Yikes. I didn't pay $300 for it. I got it for $30, 15 I was ago, afraid you'd sold a kidney or something. No. Yeah. Well, the question is, can they not update their reading list maybe? To something well, more so modern one. say is at the moment ADF is in the midst of possibly looking into that. because the, There's a the lot reality, of new writing. Yeah, a lot, a lot the of reality new. is that there's nothing wrong with the older books. It's just if you can't access them, they're no good to anybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of my personal favorite things is collecting books i try to get through them all i won't i don't i'm not one of those types that put a bunch of books on display it's like oh i read all this no i haven't read half of them but i still own them and i love them and i'll eventually read them you'll get to it eventually yeah, yeah. and i i'm a big person that takes notes in the books so i can go back yeah but yeah no in 
in Druidry, there's a lot of study programs, and not every Druid has to study. Uh, lots of Druid, a lot of Hedge Druids will avoid that, but it's quite common within Obad and ADF. Mm -hmm. There are various study programs. Yeah, a, a lot a lot of witches, too, will be. They're Hedge Witches, whatever feels right, whatever the Earth is telling them. Yeah. Or some people, I, I knew a person or two who identified as tree-taught. They were taught by <laughs> nature, you know, tree-taught, yeah. taught by nature. They didn't you know, read whatever, and that's okay too. That was something I meant to mention in the last episode with the magical names is that a lot, a lot of druids, the ones who did say they had magical or craft names often said they, they came from the grove and it was, they're referring to their trees, not the, uh, mm -hmm. not their people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that. It, I have so many thoughts about it, but I'm not completely sure how to get it all out. Mm. I, I think I think it's both. As I was saying earlier, you know, that when I came to it all and I tried to explain it to people, they're looking at you like you have five heads. And I didn't understand why this didn't make sense to them. And I think a lot of the time, too, is people might sort of on an academic kind of level go, yeah, that, that kind of does make sense because how does that go? You know, what are things made of? Cause we're all 98%, 98 point something percent energy, energy from the table to this mic to us. So we're all, yeah. all connected. So they find it very interesting academically, but it wouldn't be a spiritual path they want for whatever reason. But in, in, For some people, definitely in Druidry, the academic path is the mm -hmm. path to spirituality. That's true because the, the Druids were the keepers of the law. Yeah. They were the, you know, the keepers of the records. It's they, just 2022 and we realized maybe writing stuff, not writing stuff down wasn't a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. Yeah, because you were supposed to have everything memorized because yeah. when the Romans came and they had everything written down, they thought, well, what's wrong with your scribes? Yeah. You, know, well, you can't now, no, remember. That didn't, uh, work out well. no. no, that didn't work out so well. But, but at I, the same time, like like one of the one of the often biggest complaints about ADF is that it's sometimes too academic. That there's a bit of a there's too much of an emphasis on the academia, the studying, the learning. Mm -hmm. But that is mm -hmm. definitely you're right. It's definitely a druid. I wouldn't say a druid trait. I hope I I think other paths had that as well. Oh yeah, definitely temple of witchcraft is big in the study. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Chris Penzak's books are very good. They are. They're excellent. Yeah. I, 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 mostly, 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 mostly. I find mo I've, I've read several of them. We've worked through yeah. some of, you know, we thought, let's Use do them this. As book clubs. This. Yeah. Yeah. Book clubs. And I've enjoyed them. Yeah. But I find any, like even any ritual you're going to lead, I find it's always so interesting to be inspired by something new and explore and research and come up with a new idea. You don't want to do the same Yule ritual every year. Every year. You want something different to explore. Mm -hmm. You don't want to you do the same Ostara every year. Sometimes you want a man painted gold from head to toe. You know. Oh, that was an awesome <laughs> ritual. That was an <laughs> awesome <laughs> ritual with the big gold wings. Oh, we have done some funky shit, man. <laughs> Just wait till festival next year. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always nice to explore new ideas and research what other people have done. And can you take some little nugget of what they've discovered on their journey and use it as a springboard from your journey? And where will that take you forward? I, I think that's one of the great things, especially if you're an eclectic witch or eclectic pagan. You can beg, borrow, and steal from anywhere. It's not exactly the same thing every nope. time. It's like, well, you know. I really like that idea from T.O.W. 
but I like this BTW, you know, British traditional, but I like Temple of Witchcraft thing, this suggestion they had. Or maybe the Norse, you know, the Asatru had an idea. Maybe, you know, the, the Dianics had an idea. I like that it isn't strict yeah. and it is new. Yeah. And you can and you can go through phases of, you know, I'm interested in this and see how this is going. Maybe it sticks with you. Maybe it's like, nope, but I have that knowledge now. And that's the thing. Not everybody is going to resonate with, not everything is going to resonate with everybody. So just because this worked for your best friend when she did her ritual to study for her final exam doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Yes. You can take aspects of what she did and what worked for her and transform it into something that's going to work for you as well. And I think that's where a lot of the learning can come from. And, and I think it, for me, that really appeals to my rebellious spirit. Because if anybody told me this is our only dogma or this is exactly how you have to do it, I would be out of there. No, and so that, that doesn't fly at, at all. all. No. So no. like, and I've, we've discussed this before, ADF often has a structured ritual system, but it's not because of dogma or it's for accessibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason it's there. The joke is with any pagan, you ask 10 pagans what they believe in, you'll get 50 answers. <laughs> it's the same with Druidry. Like, just because we all follow the same ritual structure doesn't mean much. We all believe something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the fun part, I think. It, it appeals to my more free spirit. Yeah. So I guess in the end, the answer here is while it is intuitive, there is a lot of learning. Well it's often a lot of learning being passed down from generation to generation. Now it is. Now yes. it is. Yeah. Now it is. Yeah. But it, it's interesting and it's too bad I wasn't older. My great grandmother, my mother's paternal grandmother, was as big a witch as ever walked because she did everything. She did all these things. But she was a very good Christian woman who cleaned the church every Saturday for the service the next day. And my mother went to a summer solstice ritual once years and years ago. And she just like, Oh, my grandmother would have got this. So it's, 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 I find it so interesting that so much of it is there, especially with people who live in the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you put a name on it, well, that's where the word pagan comes from. Yeah. Country dweller. Yeah. It's very interesting. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. And I will repeat, as I did in the last one, for anyone who may have listened to our last podcast, that I did do, on October the 14th, I did do a follow-up continuation, I should say, of our elemental episodes uh, with dealing with elemental deficiencies. And you can find that at ckdu.ca. And it is the witching hour, and you would look for the October 14th 2022 episode and if you have any questions or comments we're always happy to hear from people that what we were talking about tonight was a suggestion from others because just episode (laughs) because if you don't you could be getting something really 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 wacky doodle we do have a few coming up that were uh, listener suggestions excellent Uh, accessibility and ritual and paganism is a big one that'll be coming up very shortly Excellent. Excellent. And so we were always open for suggestions and constructive, polite criticism is also okay as well. (laughs) Notice I said constructive and polite. (laughs) Three Witches and a Druid Podcast would like to take a moment to shout out to our amazing Patreon supporters from all around the world. Today, 
Margot, Gwen, Maeve, and Brian would like to welcome our newest Patreons, Chris, Stephanie Matthew, Samantha Brooks, and Thomas Wilding. Without your generous contributions, now and over the past two seasons, we could not bring you this magical content, and we thank you once again for listening. So until next time, everybody, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.